Hello everyone, I'm Matthew Delvedova and this is The Delhi Podcast. The show features people I find interesting in the world of sports and entertainment, health and fitness, business and startups. We'll discuss a wide range of topics including things like self-improvement and growth, personal journeys, pivotal career moments and much more. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Remember, if you enjoy this content, be sure to subscribe to the Daily Podcast on Apple or wherever else you listen to your podcast. All right, let's get started. Okay, very excited for this episode of the Daily Podcast. I have Scott Greenberg here, who is the founder of Starstock, um, a company I've invested in. Thanks for coming in, Scott. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be on the podcast. Now, uh, can you tell everyone uh, what Starstock is and, and the founding story behind it? Yeah, so Starstock is uh, is the stock market for sports cards. Um, the you know the founding story behind it. Uh, you know, I grew I grew up a big card collector. Um, co-founded the company with with two um, partners as well, um, and so we all got back into the hobby um, a couple years ago around a similar time. Um, and so what, what really drew me back in was the shift in the market from what used to be like a collector focused hobby um, and, and really transitioned to a, a vehicle to invest in athletes. And being a big sports fan, being a big uh, fantasy sports player, that was really intriguing to me. Um, and so the three of us really got, you know, kind of a, a addicted to collecting cards and investing in cards. And so we were doing that on eBay and some, and some other marketplaces out there. Um, and we just, it, it was a pretty bad experience for a, you know, card investor. Um, and so we picked up on, you know, three things that really, that we really thought was hindering the market and, and kind of, uh, uh, you know, keeping the market back from becoming a very popular mainstream hobby. Um, and so we decided to launch Starstock based on, on those, you know, three pain points that we identified. And so that was, it was really tough to buy players at scale. So if you wanted to make a larger investment in a player, it was really hard to do. Um, this wasn't instantaneous. And so the, you, know, you had to uh, rely on shipping cards in the mail and we just wanted to invest in players and we wanted the ability to day trade and buy a player you know, in one quarter of the game. And if they have an awesome game, you know, flip them a few hours later after the game. Um, and so we decided to launch Starstock uh, really with, with that core focus of, of creating a stock market where people can buy into players at scale and trade them instantaneously. Yeah, no, that, that's uh, really cool. I used to collect uh, some basketball cards. When I was in Australia, it was a lot harder to get access to them there. But I remember um, at the different news agents, I could get a little pack every now and then. And they had the, I think it was the Beckett magazines with the different prices and things like that. But um, yeah, not the easy access that there is today. Uh, what is your background um, b before? What were you doing before? Yeah, so I had, a, I had a, another company before. Um, it was in like the relocation space. So it's basically a, like a mobile app for people that were getting relocated by their company to get advice from other people that were relocating to that same city. So you needed to figure out what bank to join or which daycare to put your kids in. Um, it was basically like a, a community app for that. Um, and so, you know, my passion's always been in sports. Um, and so, you know, I was exploring to, to kind of get in that space. And um, the timing worked out really well with, you know, partnering up with Nigel and Mike. Um, and, you know, we, you know, we, the three of us kind of got into a whirlwind of buying sports cards. And a few months later, you know, we, we launched our stock. 
Yeah. And how long has Starstock been around for? So the company's been around for a little bit over a year now. Um, we launched this past spring. So we've been live for about five months or so. Um, and so, so, you know, we're, we're very much in our infant stages still. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very early stage, but I think you have what over 200,000 cards already on the platform. Yes. Yeah, so I think we're at around 230,000 or so, uh, pull, pulling it up right now. Yeah. Right around there. And so it's been, um, you know, it's been quite the journey. We, we launched with about 4,000 cards on the site. Um, and so, you know, the, the user response has been really, really great we're getting tons of cards sent in to us. Um, and so it's really exciting to, to see the, you know, the, the amount of cards in our vault grow. And can you talk about that process as a, as a seller on the platform? How do they um, go about selling a card on your platform? Yep. So sellers can, you know, send us one card at a time or what's most po more popular is to bulk ship like your collection or a number of cards to us. Um, basically we process through all your cards. Um, and so we take a photo of them, we store them away and we put them in our vault. Um, and then we put a digital version of that card inside your collection. Um, and then, so you're able to list that card in a matter of seconds onto the marketplace. Um, when someone comes in and buys that card from you, the ownership immediately transfers over to that new user. You don't need to do any shipping or take care of the card at all. Um, it all just sits in the vault and stays there. Um, and so really what we've done is we've separated ownership and possession. Um, and so you still own the card, but we possess them all in a vault. And so by doing that, we take shipping out of play and we basically allow you to trade these cards back and forth, the ownership rights. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And then how is that different than the process on eBay as a seller? Yeah, so on eBay, every listing is, is individual. Um, you have to take your own photos. You have to set your own you know, description of the card. Um, it's really hard to find cards on eBay um, because you might search Zion Williamson and you'll find his cards, but you'll find his jerseys and you'll find Duke memorabilia and stuff from, you know, his time on the Pelicans. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we try to take all that work off your hands. Um, another thing with some of the more traditional marketplaces is it's very bittersweet when you get a sale, like you're extremely happy, uh, you know, you just made some money but that's kind of when all your work starts. You have to print out a shipping label. You have to pack up the card in top loaders. Um, then you gotta get the shipping supplies and then eventually take the package to the post office. Um, and so for us, when you sell a card, you get an email and that's it, saying that you sold the card, ownership moves on to the next person. And so really what we're trying to do is take a lot of the work and a lot of the headache out of the process um, in selling and buying cards. Yeah, and something that really got me interested in you guys is, um, I guess, the difference in fees uh, between like an eBay and, and what you guys um, have there. Can you talk about that as well? Yeah, so that was like the third, you know, the third thing that really bothered us about, um, you know, eBay and some of the other markets out there. They're really expensive. Um, and if you're in this for, you know, investing, um, you know, you'll look at your, your profit often and see that, you know, up to 50% could be taken out on, on fees. Um, and so uh, you could get charged by eBay, you get charged by PayPal. If you're buying the card, you have to pay sale, sales tax. Um, some of the other markets charge you for, you know, extra for shipping and extra for putting your card in like a top loader, which is like one of these plastic things to protect them. 
So what we wanted to do is have a fee structure that was very easy and a lot less expensive than, than the others out there. And so we have a 5% seller fee. That's the only fee on the whole entire site. Um, when you're buying the cards, since our vault is in New Hampshire, there's no sales tax since it's a sales tax free state. Um, and so literally the only fee on the site is when you're selling a card and it's a 5% seller fee, which is about the, a third of, of, of uh, other markets out there. And how do you keep uh, the card safe and um, process? Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have a vault in New Hampshire um, where we keep our cards. We have 24 seven security on them as well. And every single card is covered by insurance. Um, and so for a lot of collectors out there, um, this is a very like safe way of keeping track of your cards. Um, you don't need to worry about losing them or having them stolen or buying your own insurance or you know, having them you know, go down in a fire. Um, and so you, you send them into our vault, you know that they're taken care of and you then can list that card to the market instantly whenever you're ready. And so you know, if you were holding on to a Tyler Hero card a couple weeks ago um, on Starstock and he, you know, he goes for 37 points, you can literally in a matter of seconds pull out your phone and list it onto the market. Whereas if you were you know, looking to do that on, on another market out there, you would need to go find the card. You need to take your own pictures. You need to pull up you know, eBay or whatever it is, write in your own description, put the photos up. It's a whole process. Um, and so we really wanted to enable people to pull up Starstock while they're watching the game and watch play and invest in players that are playing well. And the, another thing that's interesting, I think, is um, buyers can list the price that they uh, would like to buy a card for. And I guess if it if it hits a threshold for a seller, they can just click sell on it, right? And it can happen in a second. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a bid ask model. So the sellers could list their own price, but then the buyer can go in and place an offer on that. Um, and we will send an email over to the seller so they'll see. Um, you know, that a buyer came in and made an offer on their card. And so they can, you know, go in and accept that offer. Um, they can lower their price and see if the, you know, the buyer will come up and meet them a little bit, um, or they can, you know, hold strong on, on the price that they originally chose. Yeah. What, what is the feedback been from, from users? Because I'm sure a lot of other people had these same pain points that you, you experienced. Yeah, I think, you know, the feedback's been really strong. Um, you know, we're getting thousands of cards every day sent in to us. So I think from a seller standpoint, um, our experience, like the, you know, the experience of selling a card on our site is just so much more seamless than anything else out there. And I think that's why we've been able to um, really, uh, you know, build some liquidity. We're not even close to where we want to be, but, um, you know, we've gotten, a, you know, over 200,000 cards in, in in the past few months or so. Um, so the feedback on the seller side is really great. On the buyer side, people love the ability to day trade. Like it's very clear that the people that are on our site are, you know, DFS players, fantasy players, card collectors that want to have a game that they can engage with while they're watching, um, you know, the game on TV. And so, you know, one thing with, with fantasy sports, as fun as it is, um, you can't, you know, change your lineup or you can't pick players up during the game. Um, and so with Starstock, what's really fun about it is you can pull up the site on a Sunday um, and you can watch the football games. And when someone, you know, goes off for a couple touchdowns or, you know, if a big player gets an injury, you can go and scoop up their backup on Starstock. And those are things that you, you have to wait a few days to do um, in, in fantasy sports. And so um, that's been some of the good feedback we've gotten. 
Um, you know, the, some of the constructive feedback we've gotten is just more cards. We need more cards in the site. Um, people want to buy in, in larger quantities and larger scales. Um, and so we're really focused on, on scaling up our operations on that. Um, and, you know, pe people want a mobile app. We have a lot of people asking for that as well. Um, and a third thing is, is uh, the ability to ship cards from our vault um, to get graded by a third-party grader. And that's, that's actually something that we're in the works that should be, um, you know, a part of our offerings in the next couple of months or so. Really? I'm sure that's going to be uh, very popular because right, right now, if a card isn't graded, uh, when it comes into you guys, you guys give it a, a star stock A, B, C or rating. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this was another thing that, that we built into the site based on our own experiences, you know, buying cards elsewhere. When you're buying an ungraded card, it's, it's really easy uh, to get screwed. Um, basically, you can, you can look at the pictures on the website as much as you want. You can zoom into the corners or the surface of the card and you, you might think you're getting something good, but more likely than not, the card that comes in the mail looks a lot different than the one that you thought you bought. Um, and so what we've tried to do to provide a little bit of trust there um, is we give light grades to our ungraded cards that come onto the site. And so the thought process there is, you know, we're already processing through these cards anyways. Um, and so we have people that look at the cards, um, you know, for two or three seconds or so, look at the corners, they look at the edges and the surface, um, and they give it an A, B, or C rating. Um, you know, an A is a card that we think is mint condition or near mint and would grade very well. Um, a B is a card that has one or two minor errors or, or problems with it. And a star stock C is a card that looks pretty bad. It's a poorly conditioned card. Um, and so, you know, by, by doing that, we've kind of created our own grading system. And so what we've seen, which has been pretty interesting, is that our star stock A cards sell at a premium to just regular ungraded cards on eBay and, and, and other sites. Um, and so the natural kind of next step there is we've been getting, you know, hearing a lot from our, from our users, you know, it's really great that, you, that you're grading these cards for us now, but now I wanna ship my A's to PSA or to EGS and, and get them actually, you know, graded by a third party. Um, and so that's something that we're working on. Uh, hopefully we can put out this fall. Wow, no, that's very cool. And then um, can you talk a little bit about um, some of the growth and, and rises of players? Um, if we just talk about the NBA in the bubble, um, you know, there was some great performances and not, none of this is investment advice at all, but can you talk about some of the, the price growth in, in cards that you saw there? Yeah, absolutely. So we launched um, a little bit before the bubble uh, opened up. Um, and so, you know, for the first month or so after launch about, um, there were no sports being played. It was right in the middle of the, in the virus. Um, and so we, we were waiting for sports to come back. Uh, baseball came back, I think a few days before basketball, but when basketball came back, the, the market went crazy. And so I think the first case that we really saw of a player, like really, uh, reacting to a performance in a game was with Bull Bull actually. Um, and so he was out injured for most of the season. And so this was actually during an exhibition game, but he had, I want to say it's like 18, six and four blocks, something like that played amazing. Um, and we saw his card go from, you know, like cents up into, you know, five, 10, $15, um, you know, just in a matter of hours. Um, since then it's obviously calmed down a little bit. That was a good one. Another one was there was a lot of hype picking up on Jonathan Isaac 
Um, a lot of people kind of identified him as an undervalued young, uh, you know, potential star in the NBA. And so when he got injured, it was right around the, the beginning of the bubble as well. We saw his price um, go down uh, pretty, pretty heavily. Um, most recently was Tyler Hero when he had that huge game a couple weeks ago. And that was just insane. That was a lot of fun. I think we sold more cards uh, in that 24-hour span of one player than, than we have so far um, in the whole entire time that we've been launched. Um, more recently for football fans, Dwayne Haskins just got benched. His Prism card went from $35 down to $5. Josh Allen is up, I think it was close to 400% um, since the start of the season for the Bills. Um, so those are a, a few fun ones as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's some crazy moves both ways there. Um, like, what about the seasonality uh, of the sports? Have you, have you noticed anything with that, either with the price fluctuations or um, just the volume of sales? Absolutely. Um, kind of like what I said, a, you know, a, a few minutes ago, especially on our site, um, we're getting a lot of people that want to come on and day trade or make like shorter term, you know, flips. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of seasonality to, to sports cards. Um, and really, we see that the cards that are selling the most frequently are the players that are either playing games or are in the news. Um, and so we've seen a little dip in the basketball market on our site and just market wide everywhere over the past, um, you know, couple months or so. It also, you know, pr is providing a really good buy opportunity, in my opinion. So if there's any basketball players that you're bullish on for this upcoming season, Right now, everyone's focused on the baseball playoffs. Obviously, you have the NBA Finals as well, but there's only two teams around um, playing in basketball right now. And so uh, people are focused on football and, and, and a little bit on baseball. And so uh, it's a good buying opportunity for basketball right now. I've been doing a little bit myself. Yeah. And then uh, can you talk a bit about the basketball and football uh, competitions you're, you're holding on your site? Uh, I'm involved in the football one. Unfortunately, I was in second place, so I was hoping uh, we'd record it then, but I've dropped down the six. Can you talk a, a, about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, do, we're doing uh, two competitions. One is the SIBBC, which um, should end in the next you know, 48 hours, potentially, or so. Um, and then the SIFC, which, which you're participating in. Um, and so basically what we've done is we've found 10 to 12 sports card um, sports or like fantasy sports experts. Um, and we've given them $500 in a Starstock account um, to, inv to invest over the course of the season. Um, and so we're keeping track on our website. We have an SIFC leaderboard. We have a blog. We're posting about it on our social media. And it's been really, really fun to, to follow along. It's, it's been a blast to see like who you guys are investing in and, and which players you're buying. Um, and I've, I've followed actually a couple of your picks uh, in the beginning of the season. Um, and so it's just a fun way for, for our uh, you know, users and people that follow us on social media to kind of follow along and, and uh, you know, have some fun with, with you know, experts like yourself. I, I'm not sure if I consider myself. Has anyone else called you a football expert? Am I the first? Uh, I think that might be the first time that Aussie's been called an NFL expert, but I did go pretty hard uh, on the Joe Burrow cards. I, I think I got four of those and um, I'm feeling like I'm in a good spot. I think he's off to a great start and is only going to get better. So we'll see what happens for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah.
Um, can you tell people um, a bit about, I mean, they've probably seen in the news if they've been uh, looking at sports cards at all, um, the insane prices of LeBron rookie cards. Uh, I think his was sold for $1.8 million. Um, Mike Trout, I think, was almost $4 million. Can you talk about, like, why is this happening and, and how is it possible? So crazy. Yeah. Um, so those are very, very high-end cards. Only a few produced of, of, of those um, that, that were bought. I think the, the LeBron, there was like 23 made. Um, I think the Trout was five. Um, just, you know, sports cards definitely having a moment right now. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, hype back in the hobby on it. Um, you know, personally, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's an intersection of people's interest in, in athletes and, and, you know, feeling like this is a, a way to kind of buy in and feel like you have a little bit of ownership in that athlete, you know, uh, buying into an asset, you know, that, that, that the athlete's picture is basically on. Um, there's also a little bit of like artwork in it as well. I know a lot of people say this, um, but, you know, people, some think that modern sports cards are kind of like the, you know, uh, artwork for, uh, millennials and, and whatnot. And so there's a lot of people that grew up big collectors um, that now have a little bit more money. And, uh, and, you know, these are, you know, these are things that, you know, have a lot of nostalgia. Um, you know, there's tons of people, we get a lot of DMs uh, every week from people that are getting back into the sports cards because they just had kids. And so I think there's a lot of things happening right now um, in this space. Another thing as well is just like the, the, the rise of like the sneaker markets a few years ago. Um, and so there's so many people that are leaking into the sports card space from the sneaker space or streetwear space. People that used to spend a lot of time flipping sh uh, shoes on StockX are now getting into, uh, you know, uh, sports cards. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of high profile people um, getting into sports cards or even Pokemon cards. Um, I think Gary V has been talking about sports cards for a pretty long time. Um, yeah, and exactly. I think I've read, it was a blog post on, on their site that had, you know, some good tips for people that are, are getting back into the hobby. Um, what, what tips do you have for people that are, um, either want to get back into sports cards or are trying to learn about it, uh, for the first time? Do some research. Um, you know, one of the goals at, at Starstock, and, and I think that we're doing a pretty good job of it right now, but as, you know, as we work on our product, um, you know, we're, we're going to really hope to reach this goal, but we want to enable people that are big sports fans, but don't really know that much about cards to come on our site and be able to buy cards without needing to know that much about it. Um, and so we're pretty exclusive with the amount of cards that we accept. We don't accept every single set out there really with the goal of, uh, you know, uh, enabling people that don't know much about cards, but know that a certain player might be undervalued to come on and just buy into that player. Um, and so I think my first piece of advice would be to, you know, to do some research on it um, and just make sure you're buying cards that are liquid enough that you'll be able to sell. And so one thing that's been pretty interesting um, that I've kind of uh, learned on Starstock from, from my own collection is I've been investing in cards that I know are very liquid. Like these are the base, very the standardized cards um, like Prism or Optic or Select. Um, those are three of uh, like Panini, they're the manufacturer, they're most popular brands. And so you know that those will always be liquid. If a player has a good game, like a Tyler Hero, you'll always be able to flip those cards. And so I'd stay simple with that. That's where I'd start. 
um, and I'd do some research and, and uh, you know, ob obviously you have to make some mistakes to learn and, and, and grow in investing in this space, but um, I would try to do as much research as possible prior. And, and a feature you guys recently added, which I think is cool, is the recently sold um, list that you can search for which, which cards by sport, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, um, so you can get a bit of an idea for what cards are, are selling at what price, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, all with the goal of trying to make the site feel more live. Um, and so we're, we're working on a lot of updates to that front marketplace page right now. Um, that's really going to make it a lot easier to find cool and unique cards, um, but also like a lot easier to follow along with the live sports games that are going on and see who other people are buying and see which players are trending up and down based on their performance. Yeah, that, that's something that uh, when I was doing my football research, you know, not knowing a ton about the sport, I, I was looking at those uh, graphs and charts of uh, what has been sold recently uh, pretty closely because you guys pull in um, information from uh, when the cards are sold on eBay and different places as well, right? Yeah, just eBay. So um, we have their uh, un ungraded cards um, their sales history on, on our site. And so you can see a comparison for the ungraded market on their site compared to our star stock A's and B's. Um, and so that's pretty interesting to look at. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to put all that information out there for you. Um, it's a common complaint with some of the other markets out there is that pricing information isn't available um, and it isn't accurate. And so we wanted to give that to all of our you know, users for free so they can price their cards accurately um, or they can know that if they're buying a card, they're buying it at a good price, a fair price. Uh, that's very helpful. And then when you talk about, I mean, how big the market is, I mean, what right now, what percentage of the market is on eBay that's, you know, super fragmented and hard to use? eBay still has a majority of the market probably. Um, the, you know, a lot of trading's done on social media as well. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing a big shift in the way that, that, that people, um, you know, are, are selling cards. And so more and more people every day are, are moving off of eBay, um, and, and trying to find alter alternative options just because the seller experience is poor. Um, and it's very, very expensive. Um, and those fees really do add up. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things that's really helped us is, is that we've, uh, really been. Uh, very focused on our seller experience and, and, you know, providing the best experience possible for people that choose to list their cards on our site. On something like the LeBron rookie card for 1.8 or the Mike Trout for, for 4 mil, like what, what kind of fees um, is the, I guess, the company selling that? Because that's more of an auction. Yeah, that's done through an auction house. Um, and so I'm actually not 100% positive what the fees are on that. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, th that's that's done through an auction house um, and and not through like an eBay or or a Star Stock. Yeah, but well, hopefully uh, in the not too distant future, you can get a couple of those on the platform, right? That's the goal. That is certainly the goal. Yep. What What's the most valuable card on the platform right now? I know I saw. I think when I was doing some football research, a Tom Brady one, I think somebody had listed it for, for $20,000, which is uh, out of my budget for the, for the sports cards. Yeah, and I think a little bit out of market. Um, 
Yeah, so that we have a Tom Brady on there. It sold for close to $7,000 a couple months ago. Um, I would say that, you know, the high end of our market's kind of in that one to 20,000 range. Um, And, you know, we we have a few LeBrons um, as well. We even have it like a Jason Tatum where there was only 10 made. Um, And so that's for sale for 10,000 or something around there. Um, those cards are usually like numbered. So they have a serial number on it. So you know that there's only like five made or 10 made. Um, and so the market that we're really more interested about and really going after is like the middle to lower end of the market. Um, the reason why is like, you know, if, if you're trading or, or selling a $10 card um, on eBay and you're paying like six or $7 shipping and you're paying sales tax, like it doesn't even make sense to buy a card where all those fees are actually more expensive or the same as the card itself. Um, and so our market's perfect for cards that are, you know, between two, $3 and a thousand dollars. And then for cards that are between a thousand dollars and like 20,000, we are a third, the transaction fee of some of the other sites. And so if you're not going to use an auction house, um, we're probably your best option there. Yeah. No, that, that's awesome. Is there anything else uh, you, you would like people to know about Starstock, about what's coming in the pipeline? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, exciting front-facing features coming soon. Um, past couple months, we, we've been getting so many cards on the site or so many cards shipped to us that we've had to spend a lot of our engineering efforts building like tools and functionalities on the back end so we can get all these cards onto the site. Um, and so now that we've really um, had some success scaling that up, um, we are ready to start putting out some really exciting features. So there's going to be some cool updates coming to the marketplace in the next few weeks or so. Um, a lot of like new live functionality there, um, updates to the collection as well. Really the goal in the collection is to really make it feel like it's a stock trading portfolio. Um, and so we're, you know, we want to enable you to compare your basketball investments to your football investments um, and your baseball investments um, and show you different charts and graphs and and stuff in there. Um, And then lastly, we were leaning into soccer. So um, yeah, I don't think we've publicly said that anywhere yet. In the next month or two, yeah, in the next month or two, we're gonna launch soccer. Okay, no, that was one of the questions I was gonna ask, is there any other sports coming? That's interesting. Soccer is next. Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, The market has just been crazy over the past six months or so. Um, and there's World Cup and Olympics approaching and, and the Euro. And so we think it's a great time. And a huge international market, right? Absolutely, yep. Huge international market. How, how many cards are you guys processing each day that uh, new cards that come onto, onto the marketplace? Um, about five, 6,000 right now. Um, and so that's up from several hundred a few months ago uh and so that's like really been our biggest focus here is getting more cards onto the site so if you're on the front uh if you're on the front of the marketplace you can see our live cards in the vault count and so you'll literally see if you refresh after five or ten seconds you'll see that there's a few more cards in than there were you know 10 seconds prior so that's really cool no that's awesome and where can people uh find out more info on Starstock or or you or about cards in general? Yeah, starstock.com is our website. Um, You could find us at Starstock Market on Twitter or Instagram. Um, If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out to support at Starstock. My personal email is scott at Starstock. 
if you want to get in touch with me, um, always, uh, you know, down to have conversations with, with collectors in the space. Um, and yeah, so uh, ho hope you guys follow us there. We're, we're excited for these next few months of the year. Thanks for coming on the podcast. That was great. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening. I'd love to hear what you think of this episode as I'm always looking for ways to improve and make the show even better. You can leave a review at The Daily Podcast in iTunes or within Apple's podcast app. Really appreciate your feedback. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever else you tune in to listen. Talk to you next week.